Hey friends, welcome back to Real Talk with Rachel. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert, and I am both grateful and honored that you've chosen to tune in today. This show is a safe place you can come to hear relevant, engaging, and authentic topics to help you get real, live free, and pursue your God-given dreams. Today's episode is brought to you by Joymail, the monthly newsletter I release that is full of resources that deliver a little joy and practical action steps into your inbox and life. To sign up, simply head to rachelgilbert.com, click the Start Here tab, and you can sign up for the newsletter right there. I don't always bring guests back onto the show more than once, but today's guest is one of my favorite, and I know that you all love her too. Lisa Bevere has spent nearly three decades empowering women to find their identity and purpose. She's a cancer survivor and a New York Times bestselling author. Some of her books include Without Rival, Lioness Arising, and Girls with Swords. Lisa and her husband, John, co-founded Messenger International to develop uncompromising followers of Christ who transform their world. To this end, Messenger has given away nearly 40 million resources in over 100 languages. Isn't that amazing? And hey, if you missed the first time that Lisa was on my show, it was back in about six months ago in May. So you can find that one. And then her son Addison was also on my show. So that was a great combination that we had there. If you missed those, be sure to go back and listen to them. But today we're talking about her latest book, Godmothers, why you need one and how to find one. And as always, Lisa brought the heat. So let's go ahead and jump right into that conversation that I had with Lisa about Godmothers. Well, hello, Lisa, and welcome back to the show. I'm thrilled to have you again. Oh, I am so exciting. It like I just feel like we've gotten to become friends through our our Skype calls, and I I love what you're doing. Thank you for letting me come back on. Thank you. So for those of you listening, uh, of course, I'm sure many of you already know Lisa Bevere, but you also might remember that she, her and my son were on my show in May. So Lisa was episode 67 and Addison would have been episode 68. So if you missed those, please go back and listen. Uh, but today we're getting to talk about something fun and um, something that's near and dear to my heart. Before I jump in, I think I asked you this question last time, but what's a fun random fact about you that I would not have read in your professional bio? Did I ask you that last time? You know what? I don't remember, I don't but <laughs> I, I could just come up with another one. Okay. So uh, I have a motorcycle license. Awesome. Do you still ride or do you? You know what? One of my sons wrecked my motorcycle, so I had a ninja. And one of my sons wrecked it, so I can ride, but I haven't ridden for a while. But that is not in my resume. That's cool. I love that. I think it should be in your bio, you know? I think that'd be fun. (laughs) Okay, so today we're talking about your newest book that just released, Godmothers. I would love for you to kind of tell us the heart behind that book. Well, you know, Rachel, when I became a Christian, I don't know what I thought. I I thought maybe all the mothers in the church were going to be lined up to receive me with open arms. And they'd be like, oh, my gosh, we've been praying for you. We're so glad you came out of a kingdom of darkness into a kingdom of light. But that's not what happened. Actually, they seem to be watching not for me to succeed, but for me to fail. They were like, wait a minute. Are your ears double pierced? Oh, yeah, that used to be scandalous. Wait, is she not wearing pantyhose? Uh, There was just this awareness that they were 
critiquing me, not actually helping me. And so I remember at one of my most broken moments, before I was even married, before I had kids, I was alone in my little efficiency apartment and God told me, I've called you to minister to women. And I said, I don't like women. I I don't think that's a good idea. I I don't really get along with women. They speak a language I don't understand. They don't say what they mean. They don't mean what they say. I like guys. I like guys so much better. God, please know. But he didn't say, oh, that's right. He, He just left that thing on the table. And fast forward, I'm married eight years. I am pregnant with my third son. I'm in a little town in North Carolina. My husband is speaking at a Pentecostal holiness church, and he volunteers me to do a women's meeting. Now, you can see me. Most people can't. You know I don't look like a good fit. Not even now at 60 do I look like a good fit for Pentecostal holiness. John was like, these women need you. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you've done this. And so I cried out to God and I said, God, you never sent me a mentor. You never sent a woman to pour into me. And now you're asking me to pour into them. And Rachel, I just heard God say with such clarity, Lisa, there's not going to be that woman for you. But everything you wish another woman would have been for you you begin to be for them. And I said, I don't know how to be that woman. He said, yes, you do. Write it backwards. And I have had the privilege of of traveling and speaking to women for 30 years. And yet I still feel that there is a gap between the older women and the younger women. And I want to be part of closing that gap. You know, Rachel, there's so many younger women who think the older women cannot be bothered. And then there's so many older women who think the younger women don't want the lessons that they have learned the hard way. They think, oh, I'm not cool enough for them. And this gap between the way things are and the way they should be, which you and I know it's the older women and the younger women together, growing in godliness, growing in faith, teaching one another, sharing their struggles and and moving forward. That is not happening. And when we don't have that, that gap leaves both the younger and the older vulnerable to attack. A gap is actually defined first level as a breach or a break in a military wall or barrier that leaves both sides in an assailable position. And so I just thought, you know what? I turned 60 in June. This is my season to impart and create pathways for those that are coming up behind me. And when I say behind, that doesn't mean less than, that doesn't mean last place. It means I want you, Rachel, and the younger women in your audience to go further and farther than I've gone. So I'm going to open up my life and I'm going to pour out what I've learned so that you are actually equipped to go further. Oh my goodness, this is so good. And I want to join you on this fight to bring that breach, that that gap closer together, because I agree, it takes all of us. And I'm curious, you know, um, actually, before your book, before I got your book, I did the devotional, it's on the um, 
I guess the Bible app. Yeah, you version. Yeah, Yeah. I did that. And almost, I think it was the very first day the Lord convicted me because that's been something that's a huge longing in my heart. And I know I I, I pulled my Instagram people and they all raised their hand and said, yes, I want, you know, an older woman to come mentor me. How do I find that? Like, so it's almost, it's almost a desperation, you know, like, would somebody please see me and like pour into my life? And and I'd almost been in a unhealthy place of really wanting that. And as soon as I read your first day of that um, devotion, I was convicted by the Holy Spirit to turn around and do it for another woman first. You know, like like I've been praying all this time, Lord, send me somebody who will pour in. And he's like, hold the phone. I will. But first, can you go like I've, I am sending multiple people into your life and you keep just missing them because you're so busy staring at what you don't have that you're not turning around and investing in. And, and you even said this, I believe, in your book or I've read it somewhere that it's not necessarily always an age difference. It's just am I further along in this process than you? Absolutely. And, you know, Rachel, I love your heart in that. This is a need. And this is what I see that God does. God God, I mean, look at, just look at Naomi, a woman who is widowed and has lost her sons and she has no legacy. She has no grandkids and all she has is devastation. She is in a foreign land. And I feel like in so many ways, there's a lot of older women in that position right now. Maybe they're divorced. Maybe they're widowed. Maybe they're finding themselves in a foreign season because you can be in the same land and in a different season and everything feels foreign. And that's where we are right now. And in that season, she's thinking, I'm going to change my name. I'm changing my name from Naomi, which means beautiful, which means full, which means flourishing to Mara, which means bitterness, which means empty, which means disappointed. And she looks at her life and she thinks that God is angry with her. Everything in her words says, I must be under the discipline and the judgment of God. And yet she hears that God is showing favor to his people. So she's walking back along this road with flanked by two daughter-in-laws who are also young widows. And one goes back and one says, nope, I'm staying with you. And there seemed to be no reason to stay with this woman whose life was empty. But what Naomi didn't realize, and what I think a lot of us don't realize, is that God will have us bless others out of our brokenness. You know, there's a a famous quote by Gabriel Roth. I believe he's a chiropractor, but I just love what it says. It says, when you set people in motion, they heal themselves. When you, Rachel, say, all right, God, I'd really love somebody to notice me, see me, bless me. And can I just say, I feel that way about you. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what, no, when I see you and I see what you're doing, my heart just, my heart's just happy. And, and I know that it's hard, but I, I mean, that, that is actually why I wrote the book. I didn't, I didn't write the book just to mobilize older women. I wrote the book to bless the younger women and let them know that even if nobody ever sees them, God does. And so Naomi, out of her brokenness, blesses out of her barrenness blesses and then we see it come full circle and so I feel like right now in this season we need older women or can I just say more mature women 
to come alongside us. We're watching what's happened in a season of isolation and separation. It is not healthy. People think they're sheriffs, they're arresting everybody, canceling everybody, or they are outlaws and they are injuring and destroying people with their words, with their comments. And in that season, we need some godly women who are going to say, I am committed to your growth. And when I am committed to growing other people, I can't help but grow myself. Yeah. Yeah. That quote you said a second ago makes so much sense. My husband's actually a chiropractor and it's like physically lines up with the spiritual aspect of it. I love what you said. Bless others out of our brokenness. That is so powerful. And you know, something else I'm seeing in my generation that is a little bit alarming because I see it in my own self first. And then, you know, how God kind of highlights something in your heart and then you start to see it around. And it's this, the social media influence thing. I love social media. I love that I get to be on there. I love that I get to podcast. But I feel like God has been convicting me of being careful not to let that be an idol of I don't know. It's almost like we think if we're not having this huge, massive influence on social media, then we downplay the influence of the person next door. You know, like it's like because it's become such a thing to make a name for yourself and to be known and all this stuff, we can become more obsessed with having a certain influencer notice us than us maybe even talking to our neighbor. Do you, do you see this as a theme or anything like that? <laughs> oh, you know what? I, and I had the most beautiful conversation. I had an hour and a half conversation last night with a bunch of really strategic leaders in Canada. And so many of them were young and, you know, just it, it, something in news, news areas and, and television and things. And I just said, I do understand that you guys are navigating something I've never navigated. You have to play to an audience. And I never had an audience watching how I was doing marriage, watching how I was doing parenting, watching how I was doing my Christian walk. I never had an army of critics. Now, I do have that now. I do have that now, but it wasn't in my formative time. So, you know, I have, I think, I don't know, I have like close to 640,000 people that follow me on Instagram. They're not all nice. They're not all nice. They're not all following me because they're inspired. Some of them are are critics. Some of them, uh, no matter what I say, they're going to hear it in the worst possible way. And I've had to learn that if I have the God smile inside, then I just have to move forward with it. And I do feel that playing to an audience is the fear of man. And I also feel like we can weigh more heavily these strangers or, you know, and even influencers that are big deals, they're still, that doesn't mean they have our phone number. That doesn't mean they're going to be there when you're sick. We can give them greater weight than the people we're face to face with. Then our husbands, oh, I just got to do this post, or I just want to read this. Then our children. And I, I really, with this book, tried to say, I'm going to ask you to set down what you can hold in your hands and lift your eyes to the heavens because we are shrinking our world looking down when God is saying, lift up your head. Your redemption is drawing nigh. Get outside. Look at the stars. Look at creation. These are the things that create wonder. But social media just has you wondering whether you have value or not. Oh, Lisa, 
Just keep preaching. You you want to just take the floor? This is so good. Oh my goodness. So okay, where should we go from here? I've asked you one of my questions, by the way, of the ten, but that's okay because we let the we let the Lord guide our conversation. So we're good with that. So if somebody's listening right now, now, and we'll kind of look at both sides of this, and they're thinking, yes, I would love a godmother. Maybe it's something they've been praying for. What would you say is that role of a godmother, and how would you go about asking someone to do that for you? So first and foremost, it is somebody committed to your growth. And it possibly is going to take more than one person. Like, for example, there are people that look to me as, oh, my gosh, you raised four boys. They're all alive. None of them are missing a limb. They love God. So there's people that say, Lisa Bevere, you're you're my mother of boys, godmother. That You're the person I look to and say, when my children are all naked, I'm going to make it. There will be a day they'll become men and they'll wear clothes and, you know, that kind of thing. Then there's uh, people that you might look at and say, I love the way you're doing marriage. Personally, John and I did not want to do marriage the way our parents had done it. My parents were divorced twice, so that mine weren't an option. But the way his parents did marriage was it was it was the model that worked for them. So I'm not criticizing them. We just knew it wasn't going to work for us. And so we have had in this season, uh, Rachel, a a number of young couples that have actually said, can we just come and stay at your house? Can we just maybe spend the night with you for one or two days? We want to do marriage well. And so John and I are like, okay, you know, this is what we've learned and this is what we haven't learned. So there might be someone ahead of you on the road in marriage. They're, They're building the marriage that you want to have. You go to them and you don't say, hi, could you do a 13-week study with me on how to have a good marriage? You just say, I need you in my life. I don't want to be a burden, but I believe that there is something in you that could grow something in me. And then it needs to be organic. You know, so like, for example, a lot of the young girls that I've had the privilege of pouring into uh, when, when I was a youth pastor, they'd come over and I didn't do the sit down. We're going to just talk about God. I did laundry. I played with my kids with them. We had conversations and Jesus was that way. He was in motion. There were times he sat down, but we have to be organic. Life is happening. It is messy. And so what we need to do is just move forward with those kind of things. I did write in my book, the things that I wanted to feel like were highlights on things that people needed to know. So I'm trying to be a godmother through social media, but it's great if you can have a local one. So let's say about this, let's say you're in a situation where you need help in your marriage, or it's a business thing, or it's a just a woman godly thing. And in such a mixed messaging culture, come to this woman and just say, I, I just would love a relationship with you. And maybe she'll say, you know what? I walk every Thursday. Do you want to walk with me? Or maybe she'll say, I love to work in the yard. Do you want to work in the yard with me? Or maybe she'll say, how about we do dinner as couples? Just, it doesn't have to be weird. It doesn't have to be forced. And what if the first person you go to says, I can't be bothered? Oh, this is where you're going to have to have courage. Then you need to keep asking and you need to keep looking. And then I would also say to the older women, You have a mandate from God. Titus says the older women must, not if you feel like it, not if you think you're worthy, not if you think you have enough. The older women must teach and train the younger women to 
to love their husbands, to train their children, and to do good. So the older women, you can say, all right, you know, this is what I can add to a, a younger woman's life. And then I see these goddaughters hiding in the open. They're at Target. They're at the grocery store. They're in my neighborhood. They're struggling maybe with their kids on an airplane. It, You know, you can just speak encouragement and strength and model godliness for them. I know that's not a word that we use a lot, but godliness and virtue are the mixing together of every noble strength, whether it's courage or kindness or encouragement, having the ability to encourage other people. We need to be women of valor and strength and not look at the younger women and despise their beauty or despise their talents, but bless those things, which means I come alongside you and I say, Rachel, oh my gosh, I love that you are still doing a podcast even while you're homeschooling in this season where you need to be encouraged, you have chosen to encourage others and, and, and just, just kind of punctuate some things, help people turn some pages in their life. I was talking to the women last night and, you know, there's a, there's a lot of narratives going on right now that are super negative. And I told them, I said, I've been married for 38 years. I have to choose what I'm going to focus on. John and I have had some rough seasons. He said harsh things. I've said harsh things, but I don't repeat those things. I don't say, remember 10 years ago when you said this and it hurt my heart. I could, and that I keep bringing it forward. What I want to do is I want to celebrate growth. And so I feel like where we look at problematic situations where we don't celebrate growth and we only talk about the problem we become hopeless. So even though we are like, maybe you have our marriages, we're not where we want to be or our parenting, we're not where we want to be. We need to celebrate well, we're not where we used to be and find the skill sets that we need to add to our lives so we can move forward. Yeah. yeah. I have so many questions for you from what you just said. But one question I do have is what do you feel about somebody being a godmother from a distance. And here's what I mean, even like the example of you on social media, like you to me on social media, I would consider a godmother from a distance, right? Because no, we don't talk on a daily basis or anything like that. But from reading your books and things like that, you have inspired me in my journey. Is that healthy? I mean, is that, what are your thoughts on that? I guess is my, my question, like of us just viewing women from a distance saying, oh, you're you are impacting me, but not necessarily up close and personal. Is that enough? Or do we still need that in person? Well, I think it's, I think it's a beginning. I think that we need many layers. I think we need people that inspire us from afar and people who hold us accountable near. So I can say things in a certain manner, but I can't ask you the questions you don't want to answer. So there, you, we all need people in our lives that are asking us the questions we don't want to answer and telling us the things we don't want to hear. Like, Rachel, I love you, but the way you're treating your husband right now, that was disrespectful. I can't see that. You know, I can, so I can ask a more general call. I can be very overarching with my themes, but I think we need people up close and personal. 
as well, which of course with social distancing is difficult. So that has been my goal is to say, all right, what I do know, I'm going to share. And I think too many women are frozen. They are not moving forward. They're afraid of making a mistake. We've got older women frozen thinking I have nothing to offer. We have younger women frozen thinking nobody wants to, to, to bless me or pour into me. Then we've got women thinking, why well, I don't know everything. Well, who does? You know, what if I make a mistake? Who doesn't? I mean, like there's just, you know, and I do feel like we've got, we've got some religion issues that have put some unhealthy mindsets. Yeah. You know, Rachel, I hear so many people say things like, what if that's just my desire and not God's? Well, what if it's just my thoughts and not God's thoughts? Who gave you a brain? Like we act like God is foreign to our personalities and foreign to our brain and that he's like, oh, Rachel, you know, oh, you're just always thinking bad thoughts. Well, you know, yes, we need to renew our mind and we renew our mind by reading the word. But the word becomes a light on passive darkness. And as we renew our mind, we grow in grace and we move forward. But I feel like too many people are trapped in religion that robs them of hope and love and faith and makes them second guess themselves on everything. And having lived that, I would say the first 10 years of my Christianity, I don't want that. I don't want that for anybody else. And I just feel like I need, like, I feel like one of the mandate of my life is to extend a blessing and say, baby girl, I'd rather you move forward and make a mistake than freeze. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because that's something God has been reminding me of lately, that as a believer in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit resides in you and I. And so I can trust that still small voice that tells me, go here or do that or say this. And I think we doubt it so often that I've even seen recently in my life where I doubted it and I didn't act on it. And then after the fact, I thought that was God. Like I should have, you know, I should have just listened. That was God. And so I'm so glad that you brought that up because that's a simple reminder of how to just move forward in confidence that we do hear the voice of the Lord. Okay. So let's flip the script. We talked about how to pick a godmother. Let's talk about being a godmother because even, you know, like I said, I mean, I'm in my thirties, but I still know that the Lord could use some me to, you know, reach out to the younger generation. Right. Um, but One of the things I see hold my age range up is, and this is just me, I I think sometimes I speak for several people when I say this, that I'm raising kids. Um, I'm personally in grad school right now. So I have all, I mean, like I am in a crazy season. So sometimes when women do reach out to me and say, hey, could I get a cup of coffee with you? It actually makes me a little anxious because I'm like, (gasps) where would I fit that into my schedule? You know, like I honestly am like, I don't know where I'd fit that in my schedule. Do you have any other, you gave a really good tip earlier about bring them into your life with you. Like I'm going to take that and use that. You're like, sure, we can't do coffee, but you're welcome to come sit with my family as we have dinner or something where they're just joining into your life. So I loved that tip. Do you have any other tips for when our excuse in this area is time? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I do think that we can have boundaries. And boundaries are different than barriers or walls. So there needs to be boundaries. And so like, I can look at my team and say, you know, every single week, it's important for me to pour out. So I'm going to take, and you could say, I'm going to take Friday afternoons from this time to this time. 
And that is going to be my time for pouring into other people. And that's it. I have had some beautiful young girls reach out to me recently and met with them with coffee. And what I did is I sat down and I said, how can I serve you? I didn't say, here's what I'm willing to do until they told me what they were looking for. And then I said, well, I, you know, like, let's say you met with one of these girls and they were like, I want to know how to do a podcast. I want to know how to do this. I want to know how to do that. You have the right to say, you know, I'm great with helping you with this one, but the other two, I'm not going to be in a position to do that. And that's not you being mean. And that's not you being ugly. That's you not agreeing to be involved in something that you can't do, which means you'd ultimately fail them. And so, you know, I've also learned, like for an example, a boundary I've done when I have, when I have people say, oh my gosh, can I meet with you and pick your brain? I'll say, uh, have you ever read any of my books? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they'll say, oh no, no, I haven't read your books, but I just want to pick your brain. I'm like, yeah, see, here's, here's where I go with that. If you really want to hear me actually in the best possible form, and you haven't read any of my books yet, it's telling me that you actually don't value what my input would be. You just want my position. Mm. And so, and so again, I'm not trying to be mean. I get it that everybody can't read everything, but you already told me you did the you version of the book. There's things that are free. There's things that are out there. And so I, I think getting the person, my husband always says to have some skin in the game. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they aren't just taking from you. They've prepped their heart. And, you know, and then again, you know, Rachel, you might say, I would love to sew into you, but in this season, I got my kids home. I've got a husband that, you know, I need to be there for. And I got to take care of my own soul in this season by being in the presence of God and, and in the word of God. So I don't have the same amount of time. But if you listen to my podcasts, I'm going to be bringing you the best things I know to add to your life. And then maybe we could do a Zoom call and you could do a Zoom call with a number of women that have asked you for this, where you can be replicating that conversation with more people than just one at a time. Yeah. I love this that basically people just got to listen. You do kind of a private coaching session with me, but I hope they could hear themselves in the story and going, okay, it doesn't always have to be a no, but maybe it just looks different than what we thought, you know, or the person originally thought it would look. And I know for me, a really big deal that's near and dear to my heart is that my family stays first um, above like ministry and business. Like we own a business. I do this podcast. We have a lot of things going, but I really fight for our family's time. Like that's something my husband and I are like, we defend it, you know, like little ninjas, you know, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, that's something I will not negotiate on. And so I've had to turn people down on certain things. And I, told them, you know, hey, I'm just, you know, it's our family night. I'm not, you know, we're not giving that up kind of a thing. And the Lord really reminded me that even in that no, I was mentoring them because I showed them this is how you steward your family. You know, this is how you, you defend the things that the Lord says, these are non-negotiables, you know, you can't give these kinds of things up. And so um, I hope that maybe encourages somebody today as well, that if you do have to give no's on certain things, sometimes there's some teaching moments in that as well. <laughs> I love that you're doing that, Rachel. And, you know, I do think every person has the right to be a gatekeeper of their life. And they could sit down and say, these are the places where God has told me clearly, I am in covenant 
and I have an entrustment. And then outside of that realm, that is bonus round. And when I can do bonus round, then I'll do that. But this area, you know, and I talked about it in my book, how I thought I was so godly because I allowed everybody to interrupt my life. And really what I was doing was I was not giving my children the best or the people that were calling me for advice the best. I was in two different worlds at once. I had kids yelling and I, you know, this is back when, you know, you had phones and people could call your home. And, and I don't know that I was serving my children well or the people well. And I thought I was so godly because I was neglecting myself. But it's not godly to neglect yourself or neglect your family or neglect your marriage. You're supposed to deny yourself, not neglect yourself. So there's a big difference between those two words. And denying yourself is usually uh, more about uh, the limitations that you would put on yourself. You know, if God says, don't be afraid, just believe. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deny that my past has a sway over my future. I'm going to deny that my fears right now are the final things. I'm going to deny that it feels really good to get those likes on social media, not necessarily as exciting to have my husband affirm me. You know, so we have to we have to make some conscious decisions on a regular basis. I love that example of the difference between those two. So as we wrap up today, I would love for you just to say one more final word to both women, young and old, about the role that they play in the church in this area. Absolutely. Well, can I just read a scripture? Because I feel like uh, Matthew chapter five, verse nine tells what we actually all should be doing. You know, you have so many people like, I don't know what I'm called to do. I don't know what I'm called to do. Well, Matthew chapter five, verse nine, I'm gonna read it out of the King James. It says, blessed are the peacemakers, not the peacekeepers, not those who compromise, not those that just say what everybody wants to hear, but the peacemakers, those that confront to make peace for they shall be called the children of God. I am so tired of Christians being known as what we are against, mm. but we ha- we cannot compromise truth, but we need to have truth and love mixed together. So I want to kind of unpack this in a more practical way with the message paraphrase. It says, you're blessed. So this is when I'm blessed. This is when you're blessed, Rachel, is when we can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family, which circles back to that brokenness, which circles back to the Godmothers, that circles back that we are all God's daughters. And God says there is a special blessing when you work to help other people find out how to work together instead of compete and fight. We, you and I, discover who we really are by helping other people discover who they are in God's family. Oh my goodness. What a great way to end our conversation. Where um, can people get their hands on a copy of this book and connect with you online? So I think, I think people are the nicest on Instagram. So I would just say at Lisa Bevere, uh, at Instagram and it has a blue check mark by it. If it doesn't have a blue check bar mark by it, it is a crazy, uh, horrible person trying to steal your money. So blue check mark, that's me. I, you know, if you're like, I don't do Instagram. I'm also on Facebook. I'm also on Twitter. And the book can be gotten 
anywhere books are sold. So they can get it at lisabevere.org, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million. And uh, yeah, we try to get it everywhere you can get your hands on. And and, um, there's the Kindle version, of course, and an audio version is going to be coming out in September. Yay. Are you reading the audio version? I am. And Gosh, every time I read an audio version, I discover that I mispronounce words with passion. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I really like, though, when the author reads it. I don't know why, because I feel like I connect better or something. I'm not sure what that is. but (laughs) I think the authors know the tone Mm -hmm. that they want emphasized. And I had one of my books recently I was not able to read and the person did a great job. They were way more professional, but there was there was some tone things that were lost. Yeah. 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 I'm excited about that. Awesome. Well, Lisa, thank you again for taking the time to come on. I am thrilled to release this episode to the listeners. Well, thank you for the honor of having me. Don't you just love how Lisa brings wisdom and truth to topics that don't always get discussed? I was convicted after our conversation to be on the lookout for who God wants me to pour into today. And I would encourage you to do the same. Don't forget to enter for giveaways of guest books. Simply text the phrase Real Talk Giveaway, that's all one word, to the number 44222 right there on your cell phone. Or you can sign up directly on my website at rachelgilbert.com. All right, friends, that's all we have for today. I pray this episode brought you one step closer to getting real, living free, and pursuing your God-given dreams. I'll see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel.